to Yelimenta, the stories of hope, introducing an organization called Hope Africa Collective this week. We've come to listen to what ordinary people are busy doing to change how the world is working. Yelimenta is a ministry of Isibambano Center for Biblical Justice. I'm your host, Alfonso Malchas, and with me, we've got the director, John Skierpers. Hi, John. How's things going? Yeah, you know, um, I think with everyone, it's good. As we're recording this, we've just entered level four again, uh, level four lockdown. So I think we're all feeling a tiredness. We're feeling a, a weariness, um, but we, we press on and we're excited to hear what God is doing uh, in these stories of hope. So yeah, thanks, Alfonso. Cool. Thanks, John. It's, it's, it is interesting though, because um, I've been sitting with this um, kind of heaviness since the beginning of the month already. Um, when the South Africa's latest unemployment stats were released at the beginning of June. And it continues to show a distinct difficulty of young people to participate in the economy of the country with a very, very high unemployment rate of about 63% um, of young people. And it hasn't really changed in terms of absorption or participation rate measures that that, that the government measures. And then what made matters even worse to me, John, was... When I, I, there was another stat that I saw where almost a third of young people between 15 and 25 are neither studying nor employed sure. nor working. Sure. And uh, it, leaves me, it leaves me a little bit desperate um, for individuals struggling to just to get on with their lives and to do things. And it's in that vein that I want to um, introduce Hope Africa Collective, an organization that's working very hard to give unemployed young people an opportunity to change their lives in a real and meaningful way. Um, so to, that's why today we'd like to, as part of our Stories of Hope series, introduce Brandon Weber to the list. To the list. And hi, Brandon. How are you? Good afternoon, Alfonso, and good afternoon, John, and everyone else. It's uh, really a pleasure to be with you guys this afternoon. I'm well, thank you. Yeah. But Brandon and I, John, I, I, we were talking about it earlier, but Brandon and I actually knew each other as teenagers in Strandfontein in the 80s. We were fired up young Christians and singing <laughs> lots of hymns and, and worship songs. And Brandon was used to play the guitar. Do you still play the guitar, Brandon? I do, I do. So um, sure. every time again, Alfonso, when my... When, when time allows, but um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit challenging nowadays, but uh, I try and get there, yeah. <laughs> so we, so we, uh, we're very excited to, to hear about your, um, your venture into, into Africa, Hope Africa Collective. How did you get involved? Um, what is your history and your journey towards and to get to Hope Africa Collective? Um, and maybe share a bit about, a bit about your, your faith journey, your personal faith mm. journey as well. I'm sure, sure it's part of the same journey. To get to Hope Africa Collective was indeed a journey. It was, was uh, uh, there's quite a story behind this, but definitely not something that I I thought that I, or a place where I thought I would end up. It's almost as if I've come full circle in a sense um, because way back I guess when I started studying at university, what mm -hmm. happened was as you said we we were singing choruses in Strandfontein and uh, kind of. <laughs> going to youth meetings and all of that, I kind of followed like a, a track somewhere along the line where I, I got interested in missions, missions outreach, right? Okay. So good, good Christian kind of looking <laughs> yes. where we can take the gospel elsewhere. And um, what Fear and led flum. me to... Fear and flum. You know, like, I mean... Um, <laughs> Fira Edi Yamal, remember that book? Yes, yes, <laughs> but, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but, but so that took me to Lesotho, sharing the gospel sure. there, 
Um, but then, but then, a few of my friends and I, we, we asked ourselves, but how can we be a witness, like all the way in Lesotho, but we not even a witness here at home. Right. You know? right. And yeah. so, and so, what that saw us doing was like going to t- uh, town center Mitchell's Plain with a pot yeah. of soup. All right. Like I mean, it was—it's almost embarrassing to say, you know. But like, just trying to do something. Right. Um, people are hungry, whatever. What we then decided to do was to just kind of share the gospel there. Um, but one day we we were left with some soup. Can you believe okay. it? And so we thought, oh, we can't waste this. Well, where are we going to go? So right. so so David says, David pipes up and says, "Let's go to Samora Michelle." Okay. And I'm like, "What? I'm not. I'm not going to go to Samora Michelle." But then. But then we go, and and amazing things happen. We build relationships. Wow. And then what happens is I go and study at UCT. Let's mm-hmm. let, let's I mean make a long story short. <laughs> and that ministry comes to an end when I get married. Um, but then I go and study, and I end up studying science at UCT. I do a PhD. I I start working at UCT, and that's all great. And then in 2018, I attended a justice conference in Mitchell's Plain. I don't mm. know if you guys can remember that. Do you remember that justice conference? The warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, um, yes. But, but yeah. this one was held at Spine Road High in Mitchell's Plain. Yes. That's right. Yes. I was there. Yeah. That was 20. That was 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so there, someone comes to me and introduces the organization, Hope Africa Collective, okay. saying they're looking for local leadership. So I'm happy at UCT, <laughs> but then something tells me, just look into this, you know, and, and, okay. and well, I, I, I guess a few months after that, I find myself at Hope Africa Collective in Philippi, sure, relocating sure. from UCT in Rondebosch. It's <laughs> quite a move. So it's been a journey, yeah. but, I, but, I, but mm. I almost find myself coming full circle, you know, from those early days of Samora Michelle. Mm finding myself back in um, almost exactly the same place, just a little bit further up the road at Beautiful Gate, uh, right. a complex called Beautiful Gate in Philippi. And so, and so, yeah, I find myself at Hope Africa Collective. Right. Sure. And, 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 and Brandon, you know, you, you, uh, you, I, mean, I, I know you as a modest guy. And so, uh, so um, <laughs> you, 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 you glossed over quickly over things like, um, that you are a well-regarded scientist in the field that you are in too. Mm. Um, and the work that you did was groundbreaking, not only for, for South Africa, but in, but in Africa. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that, that that shift out of academia and science and, your, and, your, and the lab that you built and developed over years sure. wasn't a simple one to move out and, and go back. What, what, what was that conversation like? Yeah. I, I can imagine that you and your wife had some interesting conversations <laughs> about this too. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. I mean, if I think back on that, uh, that was a, a time of sleepless nights. I'm sure. You know, just kind of the tugging because because here's the thing, guys. I love I love my science, right? Um, right. It took me a long time to get there. I mean, there was major tensions happening in my heart and mind because I do consider myself a a Christian first and foremost, and then whatever else I did. Right. Yeah. Um, and and for a long time, I felt the tension between faith and science because I belong to a church. Alfonso, I don't know, you can remember, I won't mention any names. Yes. <laughs> but yes. um, where I was basically told you can't be a scientist and a Christian at the same time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, I found myself, 
um, <laughs> studying science, loving it. And, um, but I couldn't give myself completely because I thought, no, but like, what about my faith? You know, I, right. must, be, I must be faithful to my, to my calling as a, as a believer. So I was just comfortable in my science space, kind of really um, finding the, the synergy between faith and science. And then, and then comes this offer, right? And then I tell Chantal, you know, I feel like there's something here that I need to explore because at that point I was I was thinking thoughts like, you know, I, I have this one life to live. And someone asked me like, you know, that cliche question yeah, that right. just disrupts everything. Like if you didn't need the money, what would you do? Oh, that's a terrible question. I that's hate a terrible ask question. That people so, do stupid anyway. things like start organizations, talk about justice. Uh. I mean, it's crazy things people do when you ask those kind of questions. <laughs> so then I'm walking up to UCT one day and I'm processing because, you know, that was my happy space, walking up from Rondebosch Station to UCT. Right. Um, and, then, and then I just had this conviction, you know, if, if I had to leave everything and, and do what my art like was leading me to do, it would be youth development. Right. That is something okay. I could completely give myself to. Youth living in under-resourced um, situations or areas and just kind of pouring into their lives just to tell them that there's so much there, you know. Yeah. And then comes this offer and I say, Chantal, I think we need to pray about this. <laughs> and that's it. That's code. That's code language. Code. Right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, what else can I say? Right, yeah. I'm going so well at UCT, and but but then but then the thing is, guys. I mean, I mean, I live I live life once, right? I live once. Yeah. yeah. And this is not a dress rehearsal for any for another. My best life. Yeah. This yeah. is it. And yeah. so and so we really process that. And I, I kind of process with a few close, um, trusted voices. And, and then, yeah, in April, I put in my, my uh, resignation in, in June, uh, January 2019. And then, and then stepped out uh, 1st of April 2019, full-time in Philippi at Hope Africa Collective. Sure. So, yeah, oh, that, that was that. What a journey. That was more than I bargained for, to be honest. Hey, man. <laughs> so, Brandon, tell me, so what's in the name Hope Africa Collective and what is, what's the aims of the organization? So, I'm not the founder of Hope Africa Collective, so I found the name the way it is. I guess the collective addition to this is to, is to say that with something like youth unemployment, you can't do this alone. I like to think that, you know, you cannot do this alone. And, right. and one of the things that I appreciate from um, my, my scientific days is that collaboration makes you stronger, right? Mm -hmm. so, so you bring your strengths and collaboration just kind of augments what you have to offer. And so, and so recognizing that um, as an organization, we are not going to do this by ourselves. We actually need to enter into um, strategic and uh, strengthening collaborations with 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 other organizations right. and churches. So that's the distinctive of Hope Africa Collective. I think is that we work in partnership with the local church in the community. That's great. Yeah. Um, so the aims of Hope Africa Collective is to address the issue of extreme poverty. Just before you think that okay, poverty is maybe just people not having jobs. That's not our view of poverty, right? right? We view poverty as being way more than just 
material in terms of earning an income mm -hmm. and then being able to, um, for us, poverty is a, yeah, it's, it's multidimensional in mm -hmm. that we believe that it has spiritual comp a spiritual component, a psychological component, a social component, and then also a material component at mm -hmm. the very least. And so the aims of Hope Afri Africa Collective is to address poverty in this multidimensional form and in a holistic manner. And so, and so all our activities and our programming speaks to this, our collaborations speak to this, because we want to make a difference that actually lasts and impacts people's lives, yeah. Sure. Okay. The aim is to, is to look at poverty specifically. Um, and then... Your your kind of broader mechanism for doing that is that it's you have to look at all the all the dimensions of poverty, not just mm. money or yeah, job. Exactly. But um, as I said earlier, that money or a job is a very basic need that a lot of young people have in the community sure. that you're working in. Um yeah. and, and how does how does Hope Africa Collective then address this. So, I mean, so like, what are the different things that, that you are looking at doing um, in terms, and because of course that would that would point us to how Hope Africa Collective sees the issue of poverty and mm. obviously sure. that's how you it, yeah. That's very true, Alfonso. So I'm not, I'm not shying away from the fact that that we need to earn money in order to survive. But, but I also think we need to look at a bigger picture. And this is what I like about the organization. And this is what really drew me is that we mustn't forget that we, we in South Africa have a very specific history, right? And it has led in many ways to, it has formed the way we think, the way we engage, the way we Absolutely. view ourselves. Sure. And, so, and so just to kind of like give someone money and to make sure they have a, a way of earning money, it does answer some of the problem, definitely, because we all need to eat, we all need yes. to provide for our families. So I'm not minimizing that by any means. Mm -hmm. But but I do believe that, you know, the way we view ourselves plays hugely into how we then spend that money or, or yeah. what we spend that money on. Like, yeah. like, you know, like, are we using it to really be a blessing to our families and to build the strength of our families? Mm -hmm. Or because of some deficiencies of the way that we see ourselves, do we then do everything else but focus on those essentials mm. and so and so here's the thing with 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 having a holistic view of this is that unless i see myself as a person of worth a person with right. dignity a person who can actually have a positive contribution in society um the way that i use that material resource or money uh, could actually be quite damaging mm, yeah. and and i think to build our country and our society we need people who who have a healthy view of who they are so that they know that they have value to add in their contexts. So yeah. that's like a bit of, yeah, the, the thinking around that. I, I quite like what uh, Jayakumar Christian, he talks about uh, poverty as being fundamentally spiritual. And by that, he means it's, it's got to do with the narratives and the stories that we yeah. tell and we construct. And so I was just thinking as you're talking, I mean, there's a way that we can even be entrenching that continued poverty, even mm -hmm. by giving people the material resources. Yes. Whereas particularly I as a white person who is seen as superior, as seen as oh. having the resources, 
give them to someone who's traditionally been disadvantaged, but in a way that I'm still seen as superior. They are still exactly. feeling inferior. They're still getting there. And so you've, so I like that idea of, of really, we, we need to change the stories we tell about ourselves sure. and about the sure. world and those constructions, because that is a fundamental aspect of keeping people in poverty as well. So I, I just reconnected with what you're saying about our self-worth yeah. and dignity is so linked and inter- interconnected with the material resources as well. And we, and without connecting with them all and, and we can actually end up entrenching it by just only yes. um, focusing on one aspect. And that's obviously a very simplistic way of saying it, but yeah. Sure. Yes. So John, yes, exactly what you are saying. I agree hundred percent because remember poverty, poverty is a racial issue in South Africa, Absolutely. right? I mean, I mean, even Alfonso, when you mentioned those percentages of unemployment, I mean, let us not, think that the, that percentage is evenly spread throughout the mm. country in, in all the yeah. cultural groups, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it's concentrated somewhere. And so and so we, we navigate such a complex right. kind of path in South Africa where, as John says, you know, like, like I mean, there's, there's, there's major complex things like guilt, right? Right. And that, that needs to be dealt with. And so, and so maybe if I just give money... Um, then that's going to help. But but wait a minute. Um, like, I've never been taught how to invest, how to work with my money, how to use it to, to add value instead of add or, or bring destruction. So, so, so what happens then is that your guilt is kind of um, assuaged and, and, you know, is, is, but, but then you actually have ammunition to point the finger back at me after you've given me something. Right, right. You, see, you, see what I told you? you see what I said? <laughs> yeah. I've given, but look at what happens. And that's yes. why I won't give anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So guys, it's complex. It's really complex. I find it really refreshing. And I, and I, I mean, Hope Africa Collective is one of the organizations, which is a faith-based organization. It's a Christian organization. If I'm branded yep. my collective, it's a Christian organization. Eh? Not just a simple faith-based organization. Okay. So it's Christian. So, so, so one of the other aspects that I that I like it is a Christian organization, and and the, the thing is that it's a kingdom initiative, I and I that. think maybe we can pack that out a bit more. Okay. But I'd love to. but what drew me was the fact that it's it seeks to extend the rule and reign of God in all its fullness, because I believe that poverty detracts from that. I mean, yes. I mean, look at the Word of God, and and Jesus locates Himself right. Some He locates Himself very specifically. Um, in that stratum of society, and so, right. and so, when I heard that this is a kingdom initiative, I'm like, like I'm sold. You know, this is this is what I want to give my time to and my energy to. Right. Yeah, I can I can feel your passion yeah. rising as you. I, I thought you were going to start preaching, Brandon. <laughs> give me a moment, and I will. Fear and flam, fear and flam, fear and flam. What is interesting for me, though, and 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 this is this is it seems to be to be a a relatively new movement amongst Christians specifically, where it's not just about the kind of charitable work or the good work that we're doing anymore. It's also about saying that we have to acknowledge as Christians the context that we are living in. And part of the context is racial. Part of the mm-hmm. context is apartheid, which we were part of, players of in the in the past as Christians right, as well. Yeah. And in part of the and and in the, and then there's and then there's also issues around and that there are ripples that go out then into mm. how people see themselves. Sure. And there's been a lot of work that Christians have done and a lot of 
bad work that Christians have done. Mm-hmm. We essentially, we're telling people, forget all of that stuff now. You are now redeemed. Yeah. I, I find it refreshing that a Christian organization like Hope Africa Collective is looking at the whole picture, the entire yeah. human being and where they are located in, right. too. I think that's important for um, when we want to start seeing God's kingdom breaking into this world, right. it will break it will break into the world in an entire human being as opposed to just right. what they say on a Sunday or how they dress or what mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah. how they look. I feel at this point I need to say, Alfonso, that that's actually good theology. That's not just a new movement. That's actually good theology. And I think as, as, the, as the, the one who studied theology, I want to say that. And I think it's actually a recovery of, of, of better Bible, not less Bible. And it's a thing we always get accused of. And I am say, actually, it's better and richer. So I'm just thinking, while we say that we are a Christian organization, we are we are not faith biased, right? So 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 for me, uh, like I want to work with all young people. Like, right. like God didn't just create Christian young people with worth and dignity. He created everybody <laughs> with worth and dignity. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, of course, it's my yeah. hope that people come to find uh, their fullness in God. But, 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 like, you can be anybody, and it's about humanity. You know, it's yeah. about it's about how, so it's about our humanity and what God has has gifted us. And I think it's something about rediscovering and 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 reclaiming that humanity that exactly. speaks to this issue of poverty so powerfully. Sure. Just to um, hook onto that, Brandon, what, what do you think the role of the church, and when I say the church, I mean beyond the inst- institution, to actually start looking at these kind of social ills? Because the history of the church is it's not lazing glory when it comes to looking at social ills. In fact, sure. some of it has been created by the institution of the church. What is the church called to? Uh, is that better words? Huh? What, what do you think the church is called to when you're looking at these kind of social ills like poverty, unemployment? Yes, yes. Alfonso, for me, and I mean, you you did say that I that I almost preached at one point, so I don't want to preach right now, but... What I <laughs> can preach, brother, that, preach it. <laughs> no, 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 but... <laughs> So, guys, when we look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, um, mm-hmm. I believe it is the mandate of the church to continue the mission of Jesus Christ on earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we call ourselves Christians. And so when he said, I have come to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim uh, liberty to the captive, you know, mm-hmm. to bring sight to the blind. I think, I think we need to spend some time unpacking what that actually right. means. Because I feel like it will lead, I think that it will lead to a fullness of life and, and a fullness of this gospel that we that right. we say that we are called to proclaim. Mm-hmm. So, so a gospel that only speaks to my personal spirituality and lives right. with me and tells me God is blessing me in my nice home here in Plumstead or Rondebosch or wherever, that to me is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. The gospel of Jesus Christ tells me that he has come to extend the rule and reign of God and to mm. restore what has been distorted yeah, in society. And so I feel like it's our, it's our role as believers to work towards the fulfillment of the kingdom of God on earth. And that includes so many so many exactly. things. It's all pervasive, basically. Mm. So, so I didn't have to move to Philippi in order to do that. I yeah. could have stayed at UCT because right. there's a lot yeah. of work to do there. Or you could stay in wherever you are, right, in, in a law firm or wherever. Yeah. But but I just felt a personal conviction right. by, by, by God to, to step out into this space. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Does that answer your 
question. I feel so like I'm just enjoying drunk. you preaching. I, I, I'm just enjoying you preaching. So I'm happy yeah. with yeah. what you said. Yeah. So, so, so can uh, we... Um, <laughs> sorry, can I, can I say answer? something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, just, I just think it's... it's um, what, what you're saying just about uh, even quoting Luke 4 is so interesting, you know, just when you come at it, I mean, theologically, certainly like in a kind of a broader evangelical kind of tradition, we, we've spiritualized that and we make it, you know, it's the spiritually yes. poor, it's the spiritually captive. And so we do that and then we can somehow stay faithful to this gospel. And it's so, yeah. and this is why theology matters because our theology shapes our practice and we've got to come back to that. Exactly. And, you know, it's, just, it's, it's the same old question we've got to ask ourselves again and again. And I think this is what you, what you and probably all of us are railing against is this idea is that, that who, where does this narrow kind of spiritual only gospel, the poor mm. in spirit only? Mm. I mean, I know Jesus said the poor in spirit, but we've taken it and meant it only ever. That's all he's talking about. Sure. Um, but that kind of, that's that spiritual poverty. And, and we also ask ourselves the question, who benefits from that? Who has created mm. that kind of gospel? Mm. And what kind of church where we can give handouts, but never question a system? We can never look at, at those kind of things. And so... Like, I, 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 just as you're speaking, I'm, I'm just being so convicted again and saying our, our theology really matters. Um, it's not just mm. these nice little niceties we do because it affects yeah. actually the lived reality of people in our city. In our, and and very often, let's be honest, because because <laughs> we, we should be, um, but it's very often it's the poor and the marginalized that, that are affected mm. the most. By, exactly. by bad theology. And they, and, they, and they often end up carrying and sitting with these labels yes. that we place on them. And, and part of the theology also is then that because you are poor, you're not being blessed. You no, don't see God's on. favor. Oh. And ah. let's not even go down that road because that's another story completely. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I agree with you, John. The, the interesting thing for me, I, just, I want to get to the meat and potatoes of, um, of, of Hope Africa Collective. So, yeah. So how are you actually, so besides the theology, and pre, we'd love to hear you preach, um, Brandon, you can come and preach anytime you want to. But, but so, so surely you're not just preaching to, to these young people every time they come to Hope Africa Collective. Yeah. I, I no. hope you're not just preaching to them, Brandon. <laughs> the way that we move towards um, our main aim and goal uh, to, to kind of allow people a sustainable exit from extreme poverty is... Obviously, I mean, the practical things is we want to see people employed. Yeah. We want to see people enter further education, become involved in entrepreneurship, if, if that's how they are shaped. But mm -hmm. also I've added another one since I've, I've joined and I've said, like, I want to see young people who are so turned on to their dignity and their worth and what they have inside that they even offer themselves as volunteers without having to um, necessarily immediately receive remuneration for that. Mm. Because, because does work equal employment? I don't, th I don't think that's the, that's the full picture. Because I think yeah. if you, if you sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, so let's yeah. say that, but let's get to the meat and potatoes, as Alfonso said. So the way that we get there is like, so now we have these neat young people, right? So not employed, not in further education or training, and, and how do we engage with them? So we have a few programs. Our activities include, so in order to address the psychosocial dimension of poverty, we have a program called Life Direction. And Life Direction is like 
some people call it soft skills, but I think that downplays it a bit, you know, like you, you deal with the way the person sees themselves, their self-awareness, the ability to process hurt and trauma, right. forgiveness, how to build trust, how to resolve conflict. These are all very valuable Those are hard skills. skills. Those are exactly. hard skills. Yeah. In yeah. the context, just think yeah. about it. There's a thing, you guys have both heard of PTSD, right? Yep. Post-traumatic stress disorder. There is another form of trauma that is actually persistent. It's yeah. persistent traumatic stress disorder. When you live in a situation of poverty, yeah. day in and day out, it's persistent. It breaks yes. you down. Mm. And so and so, you need to build someone up from, from that level mm. of just self-perception, the way you see someone else, you're dealing with so much hurt. And mm. so for the first three weeks of any student's time with us, we spend time in that Life Direction program, and right. I promise you the results are amazing. Sure. When, when young people come in, let me just demonstrate this, right? So I look, I look, I look a bit different to, the, to our young people who come from Philippi. <laughs> and so besides providing too much light because of my age and all that, <laughs> their lights are not there. Mm -hmm. When they see me, they avert their gaze. They don't engage. I try and say, hello, how are you? I just get like these stares like, who is this guy, you know? Like, mm. But I promise you, by the end of three weeks, when I have learned their names and I'm calling them by their names and I'm right. saying uh, Noluvuluano or Atule or Siavuya, like, how are you today, you know? Right. I promise you the, the light is on. Mm. the sparkle is in their eyes and the smiles are there and they're willing to engage with me and the personalities start to show. Right. Mm. And, and after three weeks, I just, there's nothing more rewarding than that, guys. I mean, sure. to see that kind of awakening is, is something that I feel, yo, it speaks gospel, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. oh, so, like so, so that's the first component of any course. So there are other components. Would you like me to go through them? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. give us a, yeah. a view in terms of the, the kind of work that you're doing. Sure. So, so after the life skills component of three weeks, they have a choice of, of coming and doing a further five weeks of computer literacy and basic literacy. Mm -hmm. So computer literacy will be the usual, right? Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Internet. Okay. Um, and then we combine with that, we combine it into a single course called Life development process, LDP, which also includes basic literacy around maths, maths literacy, English, financial literacy, future preparedness. These are all skills that young people need in order to enter the workforce. They need to be able to communicate well. They need to be able to do for retail. And, and we focus on entry level. We want to get these guys into their first entry level job or whatever, to engage with some further education. Um, so they need those those numeracy skills, you know, right. the, the financial literacy skills. So that's one course. So if you combine life skills with computer and basic literacy, that's one course called life development process. That takes mm -hmm. eight weeks. Um, and then another option is, and so now we come into our economic development area. And that is, so you can either choose to do air training or trade skills training. Okay. And so the air training and the trade skills training incorporate a business literacy component where we introduce wow. young people to the concepts of business. What does it mean to run your own business, to be an entrepreneur? 
Mm. Um, besides the the very specific skills of hairstyling and 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 the broader skills around that, mm -hmm. um, trade skills training includes woodwork, metalwork, welding, plumbing, electrical, um, those skills. But but I but I forgot something very important between the life skills and the actual programs. We do a course called Faith Discovery. Mm. And, and this is where we spend time speaking about that God-given dignity and worth. And, and we introduce young people to this God who, who, who loves them mm. and who created them for, for so much more than they could ever dream, you know, right. with so much potential. And, um, and, so, and so they go into their skills courses with the knowledge that they are affirmed socially, psychologically, as well as spiritually. And mm -hmm. so then we feel like they turned on to acquire the material skills and, okay. and all of that expertise. And I, I saw your lights go on as you started, as you were yeah. talking about the, 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 the program and how, how these people are developing. Mm. Yeah. I have to just ask the question, and something that, as you were mentioning it is, that the faith-based component is not a is it is it an entry requirement? Is it a disqualifying thing? So if someone says no, I'm not really going to be interested in that, do they then get kicked out of the program, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Definitely not. We are open to everybody because, as I said initially, you know, God has invested every single human being on the face of this planet, right. regardless of which faith you adhere to, with right. dignity and worth and so much potential, and yes. we just want to develop that. We just feel that to be congruent with, with the reason for our existence and, 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 and to lead people in a way that we are convicted is the truth. Right. <laughs> we feel almost like we need to, we need to be able to share that. And, and, so, and so by no means are we faith biased, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, can I say, I love what you, you were saying just about we, we, we exist in a context, we exist in, like you say, in a context of trauma, in a context of, 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 of oppression and of marginalization and all this, this history of South Africa. Mm -hmm. And like to just rush in and give people skills, mm -hmm. it, it might have some usefulness, but almost what, we, what it seems like you're saying is we're seeing that people are not ready for those skills. They are not ready to utilize those skills. Mm -hmm. They do not, they, because, of, because of everything that's happened, because of context, it's almost like we need to get them ready to be able to accept and use and know what to do with these tools. Otherwise, it just becomes possibly another program or something else that they neglect, yep. or something else they can't do, or something another mm -hmm. like affirmative of how worthless they are, uh, mm -hmm. or which which mm -hmm. obviously they're not. And so you, you almost need to kind of do a, a, a reset and a rebuild the foundation on which they can learn. Am I, am I getting that correctly? Yeah, no, definitely. So, so the thing is, I mean, we feel convicted that we need to address the whole, the whole issue, um, the whole person. Um, I look there, I'm not saying that other programs that only focus on skills don't have, have value, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I completely, um, I mean, there's some amazing programs out there. And, and as I said, we are one organization and there are amazing organizations out there that do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We just feel the, the need to, to um, so that when that young person goes and engages with employment or further education and then a job or entrepreneurship, that, 
that they then start to take care of their family in a right. way that builds their family. And when we build families, we build communities. Okay. And so, and so, one of the one of the the the, the mission um, points of mission of Hope Africa Collective is to see communities transformed right. Right. by people who have been transformed. Mm. And so, and so, I mean, our, our courses, our longest course is twenty weeks. That's not a very long time. That's not a very long time, right? I mean, five. Uh, what's that? Five months. Yeah. Um, but. But for this reason, another component of our offering, and this is not to the youth themselves, but to uh, pastors and leaders of churches in the community, we have a, a theology course, a, okay. a, a Bible kind of study course where um, we empower pastors and leaders in their churches. And here's the, here's the, the synergy and where the collective bit comes in, is that after young people leave our courses, we don't have direct engagement with them, um, but but if we can if we can make sure that churches so, so remember in these communities churches play a huge role. Right. Churches are very influential, mm-hmm. and so if we can strengthen the church by strengthening the leaders, okay. and these young people find a place after they've left our programs, then they find themselves in a place which offers ongoing social, psychosocial, spiritual support. Mm. And that is where we want, and and from that that kind of partnership or collaboration, we want to see uh, the kingdom, you know, we want to see communities transformed. Mm. Um, So so that is a, yeah, that's that's pretty much a picture of of our intervention. I was I was going to I was going to ask you about so now who are your partners that you are that that you are that you have this collective with essentially. Mm. Uh, Who are the other organizations that you work Mm. with um, that that forms part of your collective or part of your loose network that you use? Sure. So so we we have a spiritual formation department that is very proactive. And so the director of that department has gone out and formed uh, relationships with SAPS. So the, uh, the um, SAPS, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so we've had engagements with them. We have engagements with other nonprofits like ourselves to find. So, so here's the idea. So, so we know that we're not offering anything and, or everything we're not offering everything and we can't be the the, the ultimate solution to to the challenge mm. but but if we can form a pipeline of value right if, if we can form a pipeline of value so so there are other organizations like beautiful gates like who mm. works with 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 uh, young people in schools so mm. so they deal yep. with with guys on that end um we we then come in there are other organizations like um, I'm just trying to think about the ones that I've actually engaged with um, just to pass on these young people and to say these are young people who will add value and, and who you can add value to so that we add, we form a pipeline of value resulting in these young people engaging with opportunity. Because that's because that's really where the magic happens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is when organizations like Hope Africa Collective networks with other existing structures within within the community and it also connects with employers and um yes tertiary institutions etc etc so that, yeah. that that because essentially you I, I agree with you brandon i think that 
no one organization, no. doesn't matter how bright yeah. the, the leader is or <laughs> how much money they have, yes. there is no one organization that's going to be able to solve all of it. Yes. And so it's going to, it's going to take a, a, a network of organizations sure. at, sure. um, at links and... Because in the past, it's always been the issue where an organization has a bright idea and they say, only we can solve this, and they exclude everyone else out of it. And, 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 that's, and that's generally been the pattern. So it's interesting to see a different kind of kind of shape to how um, yeah. the collective looks at this. It's interesting because actually that's sometimes how, as organizations, we have to sell ourselves to the donors. And so we have to check our own hearts and attitudes there because if we're not solving everything, if we're only doing this one bit and then passing mm. on this organization, maybe they'll want to support that organization. Sure, um, and sure. so, and actually, can we be happy for them? Can we see ourselves as a collective yes. trying to do good for those in need? Um, mm. and, and actually kind of dismantle a little bit of this um, saviorism that sometimes mm. as NGOs yeah. we have to do in order to get the donations. I was a bit thin on the organizations there, but but if I think about um, those strategic partnerships that, that we have engaged in, there's, I'm sure you know about Arambi. Yes, so, yes, um, I love Arambi. Arambi. Yeah, so Arambi is very much on the supply side. Mm. So so if I think about, um, so, so mm. they will engage with, or, or let me say, the, the end of the pipeline where they connect young people to opportunities yeah. in the market. So yes. at where the demand is, right. they, they operate uh, on that side. So, mm. so we form a partnership with Arambi and okay. we have them come in and speak at our graduations. There's also an organization called Lulaway, um, yes. a placement Another, agency, yeah. yes. So mm. we engage with them. Uh, we engage with False Bay College. Okay. So in our program, we have False Bay College, sometimes Northlink College and other colleges mm. come and uh, just, um, yeah, engage with our students around opportunities yeah. as they leave our program. Um, there are some recruitment agencies that we've engaged with um, just because mm. we think that there's value to be gained there. There are so many um, businesses and organizations that we want to be able to say, look, we, we have invested in getting these young people to the point where they are workplace ready. Do, do you understand? So, so from, the, from day one in their program, we take attendance, right? And if you come okay. half an hour late, your te- our attendance spreadsheets, this is part of our outputs, it looks different because, because we want to teach you that if you commit to a, a situation of employment and opportunity, yeah. you need to pitch. You need to yeah. show up, Right. Every yeah. single day. And so we're constantly giving uh, feedback to, to our young people. Like, right. like you need to be ready for the workplace when you leave. And so by the time they leave us, they have a sense of their self-image is positive. They have healthy mm. relationship. They have optimistic goals, but they also skill. Mm. And they have the confidence to pursue their goals. They are awakened to their potential and they know what it means to to show up in the workplace. And so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's part of our offering, you know. You've sold me. You've sold me. Stop talking, Brandon. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but I just, I, I wanted to ask one question because I'm sure, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting with a question in my head and I'm sure the listeners would be too, is that, so how do, how, how does ordinary people, churches, how do they get involved and partner with Hope Africa Collective? Um, sure. What, what, what's the kind of partnerships and, if you need money, just say you need money. But I mean, what are the what are the things that that that, that you'd like to see how people can partner with you um, on, in this work? Sure. So so thank you for for opening that door. We need money. 
Okay, so right. <laughs> you said it, but 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 there are other ways, right? There are other ways, guys. Um, yeah. So so if I think about our students who who are with us, even just for a short time, even even some of our staff. So we are privileged in that quite a few of our staff members are historically students who've come through our program okay. and who have been so turned on that we felt, no, we need to kind of use like or have these guys on our teams so that yes. they can convey this like energy and, and like, yeah. you know, life purpose to, 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 to other youngsters. But, but, but what we want to do is to say that sometimes people have skills they're not even aware of. Like mm. you take it for granted that you can communicate effectively, mm. that mm. you have a confidence about yourself, you know, that, that you don't even think is a skill. Yeah. But I promise you, young people in this context need to relate to someone who is willing to form a relationship with them. It takes time, but you can get there mm-hmm. to be able to invest in them in a mentorship kind of relationship. So I want to say that ordinary people can offer their time in mentorship. Because I promise you, you can can invest in the the development of this young person so much um, just by offering like an hour of your time a week. Let's Mm -hmm. say just an hour a week to engage with, with these young people. The other way, of course, is that, you know, we have something we don't realize is currency. So besides money, right, mm. we have something called social capital. Right. Yeah. Connection. You don't even think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and one of the challenges in this context is, is these young people do not have social capital. That's true. So, so sharing a bit of that, um, when, when, when you know of an opportunity, and, and we often come across these in our networks, you know, you're having a bri and someone says, oh, we're looking for this, or we need this, mm. or I'm having a challenge. And, and just, to, just to channel that information to our office to say, right. guys, I okay. know that someone's looking for two people here or three people there. Um, and we say, hey, guys, we've got young people who are turned on. We can mm. provide, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, we can connect them because connect now with, with, with the Poppy Act and all of that, we need to be careful. We can't just right. give information. And right. rightly so. So we will be wise around how we make that connection. But to right. see the young people engage with opportunities. Right. Um, and then also people have skills, right? I mean, people have marketing skills, accounting skills. Some people are retired with these skills maybe. Right. Um, and so we always, I mean, always looking for those skills. Like we need someone to come and take photographs because we need to market ourselves. One of yeah. the toughest things that I've found, because in my role as managing director, is I need to engage South Africa. I need to engage our local, um, I don't know if you want to call it market, and say, guys, we need to we need to have, have funds come in from our local situation right. just to see this work carried on. But yeah. that's easier said than done. You know, there's relationships there that need to, you know how these things work. It's like, right. I know yeah. someone, let me introduce you. Right. So right. so I'd, I'd love some of those introductions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Alfonso, those are a few ways, you know. I, I was going to say, because you, you kind of made a joke at the beginning, you played it down. And I do want to say, and I think we all know this, is that money is also important. So yes, in all of those ways, but also don't be scared. We're going to put the details in the show notes. Mm-hmm. 
And if you got, if you are in a position, I know this is tough times. We we know this is this is tough. But remember, also one of the things COVID has revealed to us again and again is the massive inequality. This is a way of long term sustainable. Yes. Uh, we're talking about development, so that uh, so that we we won't be here again or in such dramatic ways. Hopefully, that we can really make changes. And so there's all the ways that Brandon. Uh, already highlighted, but I also want to say, if you are in a position and you're wondering what to do with your money, guys, let, let's get behind initiatives like Cope Africa Collective. I really sure. want to encourage you on that. Yeah. Also, John, you know, one of the things that COVID has also shown us is that we um, just kind of what what numbers can do, right? I mean, just mm. look at the amazing way that yes. that that we've pitched up in the area of relief. Yes. And still, when, when people need relief, I mean, there's just amazing yeah. ways in which people pitched up. So it doesn't have to be like huge amounts of money, but but if there's enough people pitching up with 50 rand, 100 rand, I mean, we can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Brandon, uh, I have to say thank you. Um, so we're getting to the end of the show now. But I mean, I have to get, I have to firstly say thank you for not only coming, but also sharing a bit of your light. Um, and it's not the light coming off the top of your head. I mean, it's actually... <laughs> <the light. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's but enough of that, but... <laughs> but it's, um, but it really is, it is amazing to see how you, I mean, obviously the listeners won't see this, yeah. But um, on the on the Zoom call, it, it's amazing to see how you light up yeah. and how the, the passion That's that incredible. is within you um, for the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, like John says, I want to encourage anybody that's out there listening um, because it is not easy work. Yeah. The, uh, you, you've, you could have stayed at UCT and become a professor and done and done what you needed to do there. Yeah. The, the choices that you've made, and, and that's the reason why I started with the personal stories, the choices that you've made um, wasn't for financial gain yeah. or for, I mean, it definitely wasn't for that, I can tell you that for sure, <laughs> because, um, <laughs> but but it's really, it, it is amazing to see the passion and the light yeah, and the conviction crazy. that came out of that, that mm. decision to make this move. So yeah. I'd like to encourage you um, and then encourage anyone else who wants to support yeah. who's even thinking about supporting the work that Hope Africa Collective does to get in touch with you um, because I, I, I think it's big work that needs to be done. And as you said earlier, this is kingdom stuff. This is not yeah, just about poverty alleviation or job creation. This is about having God's kingdom break into this world mm. in a real way, mm. um, in real practical terms, but also in spiritual terms and mental terms mm. and psychological terms, et cetera, right. et cetera. So it is... Not only fascinating to hear the story of Hope Africa Collective, but I I know you for years already, and I've heard it in passing. It's amazing right. to hear a fuller version of the story, um, <laughs> and I'm encouraging people to partner with you in any way um, in terms of making sure this work happens. And and something about COVID as well is that if if you as a relatively resourced, well wealthy person is feeling the pressure, can you imagine? Come on, what you, if you are if you are in, a, in an improv, impoverished area, under-resourced area, what yep. the pressure mm. must be like then when there's really just no income coming in. Mm. So um, so sure. let's dig deep, guys, and, and see how we can support um, Hope Africa Collective yep. in this amazing work that we're doing. Yeah. So thanks, Brandon, for coming thanks, out. Thanks, Brandon, yeah. I mean, as Hope Africa Collective, we're not only looking for people to 
to, to give, but we also can add value. We have social enterprises, which okay. are um, our container conversion business. We've just created okay. or, or manufactured an agricultural processing uh, uh, unit in a container for an organization in Mannenberg. But, oh, but, but we also have our printery. We have the printery, which is a social enterprise. 100% of the profits of the printery and AfriCube flow into the work of Hope Africa Collective. And so we feel like we can also add value to the market Brilliant. and to people by, by providing quality products, which um, the, the proceeds of which and the profit of which flows into this work of creating change or, or bring about a change in this community. Brilliant. So so that was the one thing I missed. But I also just want to say thank you, John, for an amazing podcast. Uh, Alfonso, thank you so much. It's great reconnecting with a, a buddy from the past, those table tennis days in Strandfontein <laughs> where we used to buy over. Alfonso is quite a mean table tennis player. But thank you for the time, guys. I mean, no, really, I you. felt like I was amongst friends this you afternoon are. thank you i'm inspired i'm filled up I'm, I'm so encouraged to hear the work you're doing so thank you so much yeah so so just as a final um close off um you've got an amazing website um, hopeafrica.com um so as a as a first point of call or to, or to contact um the hope africa collective it's hopeafrica.com is the website mm -hmm. we'll put it in the show notes mm -hmm. as well and you're welcome to to contact Brandon. I'll I'll give you cell number later on as well, and you can contact him directly. Um, no, I won't. No, I won't, Brandon. But um, so so thank you for Brandon for coming um, into the Yellow Mentor Studio, virtually studio. Yeah. And share the, the the amazing story and the good work, yeah. um, and also the vision, which is for me the one thing that ignites yes. me today um, mm. of Hope Africa Collective mm -hmm. for listeners. Please um, continue to follow Yellow Mentor on Twitter. Um, or Isibambano on Facebook. Get involved in the discussion. If you have a story that you'd like, to, or you know of somebody that you'd like to share that story, yeah, want on. us to feature it on it, let us know. We'll contact those guys. Um, and give us your comments, your feedback. If you found this helpful, share, like, and comment. Yeah. The audio um, is being produced by Exilic Music, and you can find him on www.exilic.co.za. I'm Alfonso Malkas, signing out. I'm John saying we got work to do.